swords with handle art to spar trolls and charge tolls to cross roads with bandits are catacombs and giant doors protect the chest of stores from legendary items with the dragon bones and iron it's horse. a grand theft of elk scrolls simon's quest with toe and earl rock shoes to ever clue easter eggs and gaming news the potus needs some bad dudes to crash crew like bandicoot all shit a game in english control issues Control Issues! Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is A-Dub. You can find us at control-issues.com. You can also go to your podcast provider, whoever that may be. Look for Control Issues, download it, subscribe to it, rate it, review it. Head on over to twitch.tv slash control issues pod where we put up gameplay videos for your viewing pleasure and hop on over to Twitter my control issues is the handle amc how you living living well it's um you know it's it's been up and down weather wise here in california you know it was like cooler maybe last week earlier this week and this weekend hit and that sun came out and said adios motherfuckers i said surprise bitches (laughs) (laughs) y'all thought it was gone (laughs) Yeah. yeah um but Regardless, still got outside, went to a pumpkin patch. So I'm getting that all that pumpkin in my life. Had some pu- had some pumpkin spiced cookies the other day. Those are bomb as hell. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the pumpkin patch is cool. Saw saw some animals, saw some big ass pumpkins, rode around on farm equipment, and uh went through a, a, a corn maze. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> they had a little bit of everything there. It was awesome. Uh, it was out in the valley, but like in the sticks, so it felt like a legit one. Our right over here where we live, there is a pumpkin patch that's in the parking lot of a mall, and it's like you know Bash. one of those ones that's like thrown together, kind of like uh, one of those like like it'll be a pumpkin patch thing this week, and then a month from now it'll be a Christmas tree lot, yeah, like type of situation. So yeah, it was nice six too. months from then it'll be fireworks. Yeah, yeah, exactly um so basically it was cool to actually go to an actual farm and like witness all that so that was that was part of my weekend other part of it was uh got you saw it in the uh in the pre-show theo got his first haircut it was like, yes it was, it was that's the first haircut. one his first ever haircut two years oh. old yeah so it was a lot like my my mortality is just on display at all times <laughs> yeah um did you weep uh I didn't weep, but I definitely didn't crack a smile for like a good like hour or two. I was like, I don't know how to handle this. <laughs> I don't know what emotions to display, so I won't display any. Yeah, it's like any type of change with your kid is just like it's gonna happen, but you just you're not ready. You're never ready for it. As much as you think that they're not gonna be ready for it, like the entire week, like we we basically set up the appointment for the haircut like on Monday. The entire week, like, we're just discussing, like, all right, like, so we're going to get, like, a lollipop, like, so he'll be okay. Um, He should probably see you cut your hair so that he knows, like, what to expect and all this stuff. So we prepared him this entire week. And then he sits in the chair, is totally fine. And then we're the ones that are, like, Marissa is, like, tearing up. I'm, like, just a wreck, like, without without showing any emotion. <laughs> like, uh, so it's always, oh. you know how it is. You, you think it's going to be the kids that are going to handle it pretty bad, but it's always the parents that handle it worse. 
Uh, it's so you like, do you do the anime reactions where you're, you're stoic on the outside, but you're like just screaming. Yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. like like Sakura's like <laughs> the double. <laughs> Whenever she sees Sasuke, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it was a uh, it was a it was it was a good week overall. How about yourself? How was this week? Oh, I watched a little more in, uh, Invincible. Everybody watch Invincible. It's amazing. How was how was rest of, how was your week? Though? Well, I mean, you kind of summed it up. The sun came out and everything got shut down it's just hot as hell but you know dealing with it i was looking forward to not having to run these acs but i guess i got to deal with some high electric bills for probably another month or two uh other than that you know it's october i'm trying to get into playing the spooky games so i think i'm gonna fire up until dawn at some point finally kick to get take that out for a spin and show some respect to the homie who got it for me at work unprompted. <laughs> so are you doing, about, um, are you doing Inktober or Drawloween? Uh, you know, I'm still studying. I have the prompts, you know, if I have some free time and the wherewithal, I'll probably like try to sketch out something because it, I got to participate in some way, but, um, it's not really a priority for me this year. I want to get to these tests and then I'm throwing myself head first back into art next year. I am catching up on streaming though. I watched Star Wars Visions. So that was awesome. Watched uh, Spark Shorts. It's a documentary about the process by which Pixar, you know, selects people internally to be the director of short films. So it profiled two people who were selected in their, their latest run of Spark Short. And yeah, it, it was a nice insight into the professional animation world. You know, that, that kind of reinvigorated my desire to draw stuff. So that's, you know, I got, got my ink total prompt and just looking at it, thinking like, can I do stuff? Can I do anything? <laughs> Any, can I do something quick? And, and you know, the juices flowing. Get the creative juices flowing. And it's also nice to see people talk about like the various ways that they came to be at an animation studio it's it's not all about going to school and getting a degree and getting scouted like one guy was a street artist graffiti artist for a long time and then just buckled down worked his ass off every day every morning every night and you know started working at another studio as a trainee got used to the system there kept working his ass off and eventually found his way to pixar uh, another girl you know she went to community college and then ended up at an animation school but you know thought that the whole process would have been quicker than it was ended up staying there for like the whole ride and then eventually found her way over there so you know it's it's nice to see those different perspectives maybe later on in life if i'm thinking about a career change buckle down get my art tight maybe it's something i could do other than that sticking with what i know sticking with my career path uh yeah caught up on yeah caught up on streaming watch Baki Hanma. <laughs> I was, that was on a whim. And as much as I don't like the art style because it reminds me too much of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, it was still, I liked the combat and the fight scenes. The writing was interesting. It's totally silly and doesn't take itself seriously, which is easy to get into and enjoy. So that was fun. And I started Squid Game this morning. I'm now on episode five because it is pretty damn good and I'm looking forward to finishing the season as soon as humanly possible. Um, other than that, 
just chilling, trying to save money, doing what I do, grown man stuff. You know how it is. Oh yeah, how about video gaming? What you been outside of you know studying, watching watching you streaming shows, yeah. gaming wise? What you been doing? Well, I finished Act One of Diablo Two Resurrected, and once I got to a new area, realizing I was going to have to start this whole that whole process of gathering information, figuring out missions, going out and exploring, killing countless enemies, going back and forth. Selling my gear, crafting gear, gambling on gear. <laughs> it has gambling built in. That's funny. Yeah, I think but, when we left off like last week, you had pretty much like realized like, oh wait, I can equip my companion now. Step that up. <laughs> equip my companion, got her a little tougher, a little stronger. But it's uh, it, it's a commitment. And I decided, let me just step away from that. It'll always be there. It's a 20-year-old game. There's no there's no real obligation. To it's play not, it's not going anywhere. <laughs> exactly. It's not going anywhere. There's no obligation to complete it in a timely manner. There's no obligation to prioritize it over anything else. I, I waited this long to get into Diablo 2. I think I could wait a little longer to finish it, especially since I clearly understand the mechanics with my grown man mind, and I can clearly work my way through the experience. So not tripping on that. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, when you asked me you know, how I'm living, what I'm doing, going to fire up Until Dawn. And then my plan, given how short Until Dawn is, would be to then follow that up with a revisit to Bloodborne. So I'll just I'll give it a little while to try to get used to the mechanics again to see if I can continue to progress the game. But if I'm just having too much difficulty based on where I am, then a restart is possible. Uh, with Elden Ring right around the corner, it's a perfect time to knock down another Souls-like game. So Bloodborne would be the next one on the list. But enough about me. AMC, what have you been playing? Uh, two games this week. Um, so we're still in that in-between, that holding that holding pattern. Um, <laughs> waiting for Metroid Dread. It's going to drop this week, so I should have a new game by next week. But until then, you know, have my in-between game and my, my current girlfriend game. Uh, so the in-between game, as I said last week, Hades, uh, played a little bit th- a little bit of that this weekend, um, completed a run, and then started a second run. Um, the first run I w- had already started, so I didn't use the... Um, was it, how was it the, the bounty system what, what mm-hmm. do they call it though it's like the, the heat index mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i didn't use that on that run so i completed it without doing that so that was a little unfortunate but um started back up and i'm doing all the uh requirements for at least this one bounty um so going through with that immediately got the um the the loadout that i'm liking as far as with the, with the gun i got with the uh, Love that. Good. Yeah, I got the uh the upgrade to the special, which is the one where it does like plus three hundred percent damage, but I also take damage if I'm within the uh area of effect. Um and so I got that and that's what I beat it with the uh the very first run. So it's it's a pretty good chance that I'm gonna make it through this next run. And um yeah, I'm just trying to push through that and so I can um kind of just see the um the see how the story plays out. Um, with you know, with him getting to the other side. So other than that, um, also playing a little bit of Mario with Marissa, Mario 3D World to be precise. And we were pretty much at the end. We were at the the perfect run phase of the game. You know, the final level they 
they typically do this in a Mario game. They'll have these extra levels, and then the the fi- the very final one is just this. Everything that you've learned about this game is now put into this level, and there's no midway point to you know. Like all I gotta do is make it here, and then when I die, I can always start here. Like it's a you need to do it all in one run, and so it was basically just weeks of us replaying like just parts of the levels over and over again until we just got that part down then it's on to the next part and it's on to the next part and (laughs) we finally got to the final part and it took a couple runs on friday night we finally got very comfortable with it and then saturday we we put that shit down uh as i mentioned there were we pretty much got all the stamps except for the final five stamps which is what we learned is that um you have to play every level with each character um including the uh special hitting character and then you get a special stamp for them and it's not really that special because from what we learned all it is is just the picture that's already on their profile is just now a stamp (laughs) (laughs) and so with that we're like all right we're gonna move on so the next game we will be playing is bowser's fury which is just the expansion on super mario brothers 3d world so Look for that next week. And Let the plate and then just threw another helping of the same meal onto the plate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And this time I think we get to play as Bowser Jr. So that's gonna yes. be that's gonna be interesting. Um, but yeah, let's get into it, A dub. This week it's a little bit of a slower week. And we, we we don't mind those because when we have those longer weeks, it ends up being two, two and a half hours an episode. <laughs> we appreciate everybody who hangs out for every excruciating minute. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, this week shouldn't be like that. We do have some good news and some great news and some impactful news. So let's just get right into it, A-Dub. Let's get into these topics of the week. Top topics of the week. And like usual, you you lead it off, A-Dub, with whatever story you want to hit first. Lead it off. I mean, I guess I'll lead, it's kind of a package deal. We had Tokyo Game Show oh. over this past week. Nothing too substantial that came at a Tokyo Game Show, you know, a lot of updates, but, you know, not like too many new game announcements or things like that. Of the games that were revealed, I was keenly interested in a Square Enix RPG by the name of Dungeon Encounters. So this is coming out in two weeks on, I believe, October 14th. It's a grid-based game. So it's like, imagine uh, a crossword puzzle but you have a character on there and you're trying to you're trying to illuminate all the tiles and there's enemy encounters there's traps you have skills that help you navigate the grid there's numbered cells on the grid that I guess you have to highlight as well you get bonuses for highlighting the entire dungeon you unlock additional characters it's got an interesting art style there's a there's a turn-based combat system so it's Oh, it's uniquely interesting to me. I haven't seen anything quite like that before. I've seen elements of games that allow you to explore a grid and then have turn-based combat. Case in point, uh, Deep Sky Derelicts was like that, where the ships, the derelict ships that you explore are basically grids, and you're trying to explore them in order to achieve your objectives along the way. You run into hazards, you run into NPCs, you find quests, you find loot, you find trouble. So, yeah, I'm willing to give Dungeon Encounters a decent go at some point in time, so I'm looking forward to that. AMC, you were able to watch the the trailer with me. So what did you think of Dungeon Encounters? Uh, it looked interesting, because at first when I was looking at it, I was 
the, the first thought was damn this looks like a um a crossword game <laughs> but like you're you're just moving your your character on these blocks towards like the eventual i guess letter or number so the, that part i i do want to see a little bit more explanation there but um as far as just being something very unique that's the thing that really pulled me in and once they introduce like how you unlock all these different characters and with them they have their own i guess special abilities that then help you navigating the the puzzle and i guess various other aspects within the uh the game um yeah i looked uh, i i enjoyed the uh the simplicity of it uh, the presentation as far as the even like the turn-based action it's just the um just like the artwork of the characters um as opposed to you know seeing like an actual model of the character performing the action mm-hmm. but it also seemed that the um the combat was pretty in-depth as, as far as like a lot of the the status effects and things that happened <laughs> when um of the of the skill sets of the enemies and the players so there's a, of all the phases it looks like there's just a lot going on within this game so one of those one of those things that on 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 the paper at least like from presentation wise just looks like ah oh, there's not much going on here but then as you really get into it it seems like there's a complex system going on within that and so that right there intrigues me um yeah it looks like a like a, a pretty cool take on rpgs or jrpgs um especially bringing in that um the aspect of having the board uh, that you're moving across as opposed to you know just a world map so there's they're doing a lot of things differently that are um pretty interesting i'll say absolutely uh, we also got a bunch of monster hunter rise news first and foremost it's coming to steam in january so get your video cards ready get your keyboards and your mice ready because it's going down you're going to be taking down rathalos and all the other monster hunter enemies that we've come to know and love i don't even know if rathalos is in rise but you're going to have plenty of things to take down take apart craft new shit with and move on to bigger and better things. Uh, the Monster Hunter Showcase also revealed that the game is going to be getting Sonic and Ghost and Goblins collaborations. So let's see, it was revealed that the game will have a collaboration with not only Ghost and Goblins, but also Sonic in honor of his 30th anniversary. Uh, we don't know much about the Sonic collab, but the Ghost and Goblins one will be out on October 29th and will give Hunters a chance to become the legendary Sir Arthur. Yes. How do you feel about this AMC? Um, pretty cool. They're continuing to support this game. I know that it's been selling really well. And um, I have a story later um, as far as like Capcom and that. And so it kind of makes sense in line with that why um, they're putting it here. Um, and yeah, it's already done so well just on the Switch alone. So bringing it to Steam is just going to grow that base. And hopefully we'll help to continue more support as it, as it finds like a new community um and also cool to see that they, they would pull in those characters because you said arthur from uh, yeah. ghosts and goblins yes yeah he's the man so yeah and i'm looking at the character model it, it looks good gives you some hope for maybe a, a future ghost and goblins game i hope like when he gets hit in the game his clothes fall off he's just in, his, in his boxers <laughs> you gotta craft new boxers <laughs> every time you get hit you gotta craft new armor but yeah, I've really been enjoying how Monster Hunter has embraced the collaborations. Uh, one of my favorite was the Horizon Zero Dawn collaboration where I, I had uh, the little the little pet or the little buddy as a watcher. So that was pretty awesome. And man, yeah, so Monster Hunter can't do any wrong at this point. They figured out the formula. They figured out how to service the fans. 
so I'm all about it. Uh, there was also some hype and build up toward Xbox, Microsoft showing up at Tokyo Game Show. People were speculating maybe they bought a Japanese studio. Maybe they're going to announce some Japanese games. Nah, it was just Phil Spencer talking about how they want to increase their lineup of Japanese games to help bring Japanese gaming around the world. So just rest assured that Xbox wants to make that happen. No plans yet. <laughs> But their intent is there. So they said they're working with Japanese publishers every day to increase their lineup of Japanese games on Xbox. They know it's really important to their fans as well as their customers. AMC, how does this bode for you and your plans of maybe one day getting an Xbox? I mean, it's good. Uh, I know that they've like, over the years, they've developed relationships with like Square, Square Enix. And we've seen Final Fantasy games come over to Xbox, which it, you know, for a period, it was, it was all about Nintendo, as far as Square went, then seemed to shift over to PlayStation, and now it seems like Xbox is also trying to court that market, and um, so yeah, like maybe we'll see a, a Persona down the line on an Xbox, or things along those lines, and why not? It's a, um, I know it's a market that they've always wanted to tap into, which is just Japan, because Japan is very Japan when it comes to video gaming. Like, we know Nintendo does very well there. Um, then Sony does pretty well, and an Xbox hasn't really had a big footprint in Japan, and so I know they would like to break into that market. Um, so why not? Especially with all the uh, the quote unquote criticism of Sony and how they've gotten away from their Japanese roots to you know court the North American audience. So um, for it's an easy win for Xbox to step in and say, "Hey, we still believe in you guys." Yeah. We still believe in your games. <laughs> yeah. so we, yeah. don't, we don't censor nothing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's, um, it, it's, it's one of those things, the headline. Uh, if we see something happen, that would be interesting. But um, until we see anything, um, there's not much we can really say. <laughs> Speaking of Microsoft, let's talk about Tango Gameworks. News is broken that they're developing a new game and the director of Evil Within 2 is leading it. This is all we know. Once they finish Ghostwire Tokyo, they're moving on to that next project. So hopefully this is the sprouting of the seeds planted with the big Bethesda acquisition. Hopefully we'll see something new that's exclusive to the Microsoft ecosystem. AMC, are you looking forward to this? Um, yeah, I don't really know much. I never played Evil Within, um, but yeah, it's cool to see that um, I guess developers within their own studios are now getting, I guess, an opportunity to branch out and do their own thing. So it seems like they're really, um, you know, fostering the talent that they've acquired within that acquisition to to do some different stuff. So yeah, just pump out those games and hopefully get us some good games. Having and speak, well, uh, you know, I'm very interested having a Series X. I'm always looking for xbox exclusives to pick up somewhere down the road so hopefully it's something compelling and interesting i know people had a lot of good things to say about evil within 2 i watched some gameplay videos it looks outstanding looks like it plays in a very a very fun fluid manner it's horror obviously so that's got bonus points with me hopefully they they stick to a a dark horror style vibe for whatever it is they're bringing down the pipeline they're hard at work at it tango game works take your time Show it to us when it's ready. Speaking of Tango Gameworks, speaking of talent, let's talk about some ex-Tango Gameworks talent. 
everybody's favorite developer, Ikumi Nakamura. Apparently, she's working on a sequel to Gungrave. Yeah. <laughs> MC, have, have you ever heard of Gungrave? No. <laughs> because I feel like uh, it, it was like a like one of those classic animes. Like I would look at it and be like, Gungrave, I ain't watching that shit. <laughs> but they're working on a sequel. Uh, say Coke Media not only revealed a gameplay video for Gungrave gore, but they also share that Ikumi Nakamura is involved with the development. It's the latest in the Grave series of 3D action games. It's gonna be on PS5. I'm guessing that's supposed to say PS4. IGN writing their articles for PS5 twice, Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One and PC. So I'm probably going to watch this trailer later and see what all the fuss is about. <laughs> I got to look, look at what Gungrave is. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll finally watch Gungrave. <laughs> yeah, I got that trailer. <laughs> maybe I've been missing out on the heat. <laughs> yeah. Didn't even know about it. I mean, the, I'm looking at the thumbnail for the trailer. It's got this guy and like he looks kind of kind of cyberpunky. He's got these two double barrel pistols pointed straight at the screen with with big red crosses like bolted to them. So uh, maybe there's some religious angles going on there. Of course, you're going to be shooting stuff. Uh, good gray. Maybe that's the shit. Maybe we've been sleeping. Maybe we missed one, AMC. <laughs> Moving right along. Next bit of news, Game Pass news. Xbox? They kind of coming with it. Scarlet Nexus and more are headed to Game Pass. So Microsoft revealed the Scarlet Nexus, uh, I, the Somnium Files, and Mighty Goose are all playable on Xbox Game Pass as we speak. So looking forward to all the people who didn't pay attention to Scarlet Nexus suddenly being all about it because they could play it for free. AMC, how does this make you feel? Uh, great. Uh, I don't. I mean, I don't have Game Pass, uh, but yeah, keep adding shit to that <laughs> to that lineup. I know that I saw. I, I believe Avengers is coming there. So, um, if anything, I, I I like the idea of certain games that maybe have been glossed over getting a, a second chance on Game Pass, and Avengers, especially being one of those ones, um, being that like just the way that it was. The way people reacted to the very the original trailer and you know some of the how the characters looked versus how they expected them to look or how they should look and you know there's a lot of backseat quarterbacking going on um with that game and i felt like it didn't really necessarily get a fair shake who knows if the game itself was actually good but um i know that people had a lot of criticism on surface level things that had nothing to do with the gameplay and so getting a game on game pass gives it a chance for people to play it without that um you know that added weight of i spent 60 dollars on this or um i decided to get this over this other game it's now just another one within the catalog and so maybe these games find a new life and they get the due that was deserved get the due <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot got a few more headlines here Stuff that we can't really go into too much detail about. Shin Megami Tensei Five got got gameplay, so maybe that's something we'll want to check out at some point. Uh, Square Enix, they they got trailers from Final Fantasy VII: The First Soldier, Triangle Strategy, 
all of that. Yeah. Uh, the developer for Forspoken, they're they're talking about the systems and the parkour and everything that's involved with that game. It was an interesting read. It gets me a little more hype for the game. I still want to see if that game world is a little more filled out with stuff and and things to interact with rather than just being an unreal demo window dressing but <laughs> the most but the most major bit of news here that i'm gonna finish the tokyo game show segment off with is that stranger of paradise final fantasy origin has gotten a release date it will be arriving march 18th 2022 in an already stacked q1 that i can't even name all the games that are arriving in Q1 2022 anymore because it's just far too many. We already know about Horizon Forbidden West. We know about the Saints Row reboot. We know about Sifu. We know about, so I'm already losing count of what's going on here. Gran Turismo, Elden Ring, of course, kicking things off. Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy, Forspoken. It's going to be hard to pick a single game. It's going to be hard to complete a game and then try to move on to something new because just within those first three months, I have at least half a dozen games that I want to get. And other than Final Fantasy and Saints Row, all the other ones I named are locks. So we'll see what happens as we draw closer. AMC, how do you feel about Stranger Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin, as well as how it stacks up in Q1 2022? Um. As far as how it stacks up, it's definitely not on my radar, only because I know that Triangle Strategy, I believe, is supposed to come out in March as well. Yeah, I um, so it's there's so many games coming out that it's it's going to be tight. What I, what I will say is that one is great that every week there'll be a new game coming out, basically, which is great for us news wise. That means there's always something to talk about. But then it's good also to get that early game of the year chatter going. Um, we know in a year like this year. Um, there's been some discussion, but I almost feel like people are just holding off until fall to really get into that game of the year talk. Um, and so it, it seems like at least with next year, as January or even February hits, people already start like, like, you know, lining up, like what games, um, like they'll just be jockeying for position as far as like what we'll be talking about at the end of the year. Um, and that's, that's a great, that's a great like way to begin the year. Just have certain games that can hold us over. We can play. And then by the time fall hits, we have those down and then we're comparing maybe the, the bigger AAA titles to the games that came out earlier in the year. And so, uh, yeah, I, I love that kind of that trickling. It's, um, it's definitely going to make it tough to decide which games to get to, um, especially when you end up in a situation like that I'm in right now where it's you want to start a new game, but then you know that there's another game that's coming out that you're really looking forward to like two or three weeks down the line. And so you might want to hold off on playing something or you end up starting something and not getting to something that you really wanted to get to. So I know um, that's always the fun part of just looking at all that data, like the every now and then I'll see like the meme of like the person with all like the, the calculations going on in their head and they're like, this yeah. is me looking at yada, yada. And I, that's the first thing I just think about when I'm just looking at all those games and me figuring out how I'm going to play all of, all of them within that time period. So yeah. um, it's it's a good problem to have, I'll say. It's a fantastic problem. I mean, it's, I'm also starting to see the sentiment echoed online more and more of people who just passively remark too many games. <laughs> the people are starting to realize that these consoles do have games, that there's plenty of things to play 
whether they're new games or old games that you just haven't gotten to. And that stuff is good. <laughs> you know, what's good about that too, is like the more games that come out, especially like quality games, it, we don't get too stuck on any one game. I feel like that's what happens a lot of times. Like there's not much coming out. And then so, you know, something that might be controversial as far as like maybe the opinion, if it, like too many people like something or people have decided that they hate something and then it gets like a, a great review. And I, I don't know, just every now and then one of those things come out and there won't be a lot of news around that time. And then so we end up just talking about whether or not this game is actually good. Um, and so you only like it because it's the only thing available. Yeah. And so when we have like that steady trickle of games coming out all around the same time, at least we won't get stuck on any one topic for too long um, to really just break down a game more than it needs to be broken down. <laughs> oh, yeah. But let's get into our next topic of the week, top topic of the week. Yes, yes. Um, you know what? We have some uh, acquisitions. I'll do the, uh, you know, the smaller one and I'll, I'll leave the big one for you. There's more than one. Yes, there is, because Netflix has acquired the developer of Oxenfree Adobe. Whoa, that's a that's a strategic get. Yeah. Um, so this comes by way of the verge. Netflix is continuing its push into video games with the ac acquisition of Night School Studio, the team best known for 2016's Oxenfree and 2019's After Party. I believe that's a game where you're trying to drink with the devil yeah <laughs> trying to trying to drink the devil under the table to get out of hell <laughs> yeah um so the head of uh netflix's gaming department mike verdu uh, had this comment like our shows and films these games will all be included as part of your netflix membership with all all with no ads and no in-app purchases stay tuned for more so already off on the right foot um yeah picked up a good game is uh, a good developer that's made some good games in oxen free and after party um narrative driven games which is in line with what you might expect from you know a netflix style of game especially like if they wanted something on their service that wasn't that was more narrative driven and wasn't so gameplay driven i would say um how do you feel as far as like how netflix could handle gaming i know we've seen kind of google come out and fall on its face as they tried to do it um as everyone expected <laughs> yeah uh netflix you know they're already a media company so maybe they have a better handle on you know story and just in this way um translating into gaming um how do you feel about this this move for netflix i i mean like i said it, it, that was a very strategic get that's that's a very treasured developer. You know, Oxenfree is a loved franchise. People looking forward to that sequel. It all depends on how Netflix wants to approach this. If they're just diversifying their services, or excuse me, diversifying their products, I should say, and services, then getting into the gaming industry to just create content that would be offered for the existing ecosystem, that would be a strong move. They have, they have all the money that they need. I'm sure they have all the connections and all the resources necessary to make compelling product. They just bought an excellent studio. So if they stay in that lane, I think it'll pan out well for them. If they try to use what they're making as some means to try to muscle into the industry as an additional, as an additional gaming service of some sort, you know, akin to a game pass or something like that, I don't think that's going to go over well because it's not like Game Pass is exactly 
lighting the world on fire. So you're going to then take what little warmth there is in that arena and spread it thinner. I don't think that's going to work. You know, maybe, I don't know, because Xbox is also trying to do the whole Game Pass stick thing where you just plug it in your TV and you stream games that way. So maybe if Netflix partners with Microsoft and does something with Game Pass through Netflix, or maybe if they just copy that model and allow people to stream games from Netflix itself, that could also be a thing. So, you know, there's a lot of potential on the table. There's definitely a safe route they could take that I feel would be the best fit line for them. However, if they try to do something a little too a little too original or a little too intrusive, I think that could spell failure because as we know, the gaming community isn't exactly too receptive to change or new things, you know, unless it's things that they specifically want and ask for. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. I am anxious to see how it's going to pan out. So best of luck to you, Netflix. Looking forward to seeing how you play your hand. Yes, let's get into the next topic of the week. Top topic of the week. So since we're acquiring things, <laughs> I'm going to hit you with the big one. Uh, big one, but some of you probably already know of it because it was pretty much leaked several months ago. However, it looks like Sony has made it official. They have acquired Bluepoint Games. Duh. so not only have they made it official they put a ring on it blue point is now within the playstation studios brand but they're also working on an original game yes so that's a big deal blue point as we know them as they've worked for sony they have done remakes and remasters i think they did like what the the nathan drake collection um, they probably did. I know they did Demon Souls, of course. Didn't they do? Did they do Shadow of the Colossus? I don't know for sure. Um, yeah, I believe so. I believe they did. And they've done a lot of a lot of really stellar work on remaking and remastering beloved PlayStation franchises. So people have always speculated that at some point Sony was going to acquire them. At some point, it leaked that they did but it wasn't official. Now it is. And on top of that, they're stepping up from the remake remaster game to making something original. Uh, personally, I always felt that this whole relationship of them remaking and remastering Sony exclusives was kind of the, the grooming process of getting them in the necessary shape to understand PlayStation hardware in order to prepare them for creating original games and also sort of as an audition process to see if, you know, they can put out things that are successful, that are received well by the fan base and to build their notoriety within the PlayStation family. So yeah, this is an outstanding move. I'm looking very forward to seeing exactly what they put together because, you know, they've had their hands on just the innards of so many top quality games. So you can only imagine the kind of things they've learned. And it's not as if they just went in and put on a new coat of paint and pumped out remakes and remasters. They did significant work. Demon Souls, by far, their most stunning achievement. 
with its outstanding visuals and I've heard good things about the haptics, the way that they've made the sound design even more immersive and enveloping. So yeah, if they're making something original, I'm all ears. AMC, how do you feel about this? Um, yeah, it's uh, it's funny. It's one of those few stories that, as we say, we, we tend to not pay attention to leaks or rumors unless it's a really slow week. But um, this is one of those ones that even when I saw it, I was like, yeah, they haven't announced it, but we know it's happening. It's going, <laughs> it's going down. It's happening. Like, even like the person fucked up. And sometimes when they fuck up, I'll even be like, ah, oh, maybe it was a genuine fuck up. This one, I was like, nah, they, they, they probably fucked that up. And yeah. we knew it was going to happen. So who, who cares? Nobody should lose their job over something that everybody can almost confirm without having any actual knowledge on the situation. Um, so this one just made total sense. Um, yeah, as far as I know, they've done a good job with their remakes slash remasters. Um, uh, by all accounts, they, they do a great job of fixing a lot of the things that people may have had complaints for in the original version, especially some of the things I heard of with like Shadows of the Colossus. And then also, but still giving it that same great feel of when you originally played it, which is kind of the dream with, with, that you want with any of these like remakes slash remasters is you want it to feel like the game you want it to be the the memory that you had you want to re-experience that but just in a modern quality and they capture that with all their remasters uh to hear that they're working on a new game that's going to be a uh, very interesting i mean they ha- they definitely have a ton of experience with how to handle a game and so now to just take all that knowledge now and to and to turn it into something new um i think it's going to be a great challenge and i i for some reason, I don't doubt them at all. And a lot of times when the, when you hear about like new studios working on things, it's like, well, we know nothing, so we can't really get excited about what they've done. Um, but with them, um, because of the way that they've handled other games, it just shows um, an attention to detail that you hope then just carries over into something completely new. Um, and so, yeah, I just have a lot of trust in what they do. And there's a little bit of that's like Sony as well. They they seem to have a good eye for talent. And so um, I tend to trust them until, you know, they get like a clunker of a studio and then you can start questioning things. But until they do that, yeah, uh, there's no reason to doubt um, this partnership. And so, uh, yeah, I can't wait to see what that game ends up being. Um, how about yourself? What do you think about all this all this news? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's outstanding. I mean, the Demon Souls remake looks like what concept art and you know pre-production renderings tend to look like i've always wanted games to resemble more of their concept art and this was the kind of game that really hit that mark and it looks like i was a little mistaken when i said that you know it seemed like blue point was being brought up on remasters and remakes because according to their president marco thrush our team is a very highly experienced team the average experience among most people is about 15 years and all of them come from original development it's not like we're a bunch of developers that got trained up on making remasters and remakes we have that original game development mindset in our hearts and that's what we're and that's what we're now ready finally ready with the support of sony to push forward and show what we can do and show what playstation can do so my apologies, Blue Point. Didn't mean to disrespect your gangster. You guys obviously know what you're doing. Got nothing but love and respect. Looking forward to that project. I got nothing but love for you, baby. Uh-huh. I got nothing but love for you. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> That's Blue Point right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
it's I mean it's awesome. So an original project. Oh man, it's gonna be so good. And uh, it's like uh it's cool too because especially with the um and we'll see, but with a lot of the criticism as of late, and you know how it is, it's whatever we've heard last is what all people assume that like that's what you're doing moving forward. Um what I'm getting at is the uh, that last PlayStation showcase and you know, hearing about like Spider-Man 2, Wolverine, there's all this this you know, there's there's the initial excitement of the announcements and then there's the chatter afterwards. And a lot of the chatter is like, oh, Sony, they're getting in too into these licenses with you know with these Marvel games and then with uh Knights of the Old Republic remake. Um, and all you need is like that quick reminder, like, and they're also still getting out original content. Granted, who knows? Who knows what they're actually working on, Blue Point? But the assumption is they're working on something new. And so if that's the case, um, yeah, it's it'll be something original. And so you can kind of just take all that bullshit and shove it aside. <laughs> I mean, I think the the clear thing to gather from all the licenses is that Sony is the one dev- the one the one what are they? <laughs> Sony is the one ecosystem that seems to be cultivating a very rich relationship with Marvel and Disney. The other ones just aren't doing that. You know, Nintendo had Ultimate Alliance 3. Microsoft, I don't see any kind of, you know, exclusive Marvel or Star Wars content over there. Sony, Nice and the Old Republic remake, Wolverine, two Spider-Men, Miles Morales. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is people equate that is since these are established properties that somehow there's no originality there. I think that's where the criticism comes from. Ah, fuck, I think, fuck all that noise. I mean, yeah. we're getting the best superhero games ever made. We're getting, we're finally getting games for heroes that deserve them. I mean, we're getting Guardians of the Galaxy game, got an Avengers game that people are going to start magically appreciating because it's on Game Pass. <laughs> mm. And now, you know, Blue Point, the big thing that people were trying to will into existence was Blue Point remastering or remaking Bloodborne, but it looks like that's not going to be the case. Yeah. And I mean, that's, I, I don't know. I wouldn't, I would rather see them work on something original than, you know, because when the announcement came out that they acquired them is basically Sony acquires the the the, re, the people who remade uh, Demon Souls, <laughs> yeah. and that, like and so like they they have to come out and be like, no, we've we've done other things. We don't just remake things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they have to work more them. than other people's work. Yeah, but uh, that's like the narrative, and so it's I think it'll be a good thing if they do work on something original to just kind of break out from you know that mold that people are trying to paint them into. Now speaking of something original, AMC. What would you like to see from Blue Point? Oh, man. I mean, I know like a lot of people. So you say Bloodborne. I know a lot of people wanted to see them do a uh, Metal Gear um, remake. Uh, and so that was uh, even like Metal Gear 2 possible remake. And there's always. Like, yeah, but with, of, but with Snake. <laughs> yeah. And so there's always like these talks of like those games getting remade and like, oh, like if there's one studio that can do it, Blue Point would be that studio. Um, yeah, no, I, I like this idea of them doing something original. Um, as far as what it's going to be, I, to be honest, I don't know. Uh, if anything, maybe possibly go first person just because Ugh. we we know all the third person games. I mean, every game that sony puts out is third person <laughs> so they only like, make one kind of game <laughs> yeah so it's like why not like 
why not diversify and get like a good first person action game in there or not even action just first person style game in there so top um, down tactical turn-based rpg yeah that would be sweet too like um just anything that's a little different from what we've gotten as of late and so yeah i think that would be um a cool change of pace if they decided to do something like that but really i like all i want is just give me a good game and i'll, I'll play whatever that is any preference of like tone setting content um i mean probably avoid post-apocalyptic something because that's every game <laughs> so, yeah um maybe maybe even just a little something that's a little more grounded would be actually interesting just to go against kind of like what you would expect from every game um so something a little more grounded and uh yeah as i said first person um it sounds like i'm creating basically uh what is that game uh gone not gone home but uh the one that's on ubisoft makes i forgot what they're called but they're like those narrative driven games um that are like uh until dawn but it's uh there's always like some some type of woke situation going on is how i feel um, life is strange yeah there you go life is strange there you go yeah uh, yeah I know. <laughs> yeah uh, yeah it sounds like like i'm saying one of those style of games but i mean like just something a little more grounded and um first person would be just something that's completely different from what sony's been doing uh but yeah i as i said anything and I'll, I'll enjoy it as long as it's a good game personally third person sci-fi <laughs> that's all i need that's all i want it's just just keep pumping out the sci-fi i hope it's not anything fantasy i could deal with something contemporary or, or modern but i i really want sci-fi more than anything i want to see my character i want to have customizability when I'm being forced. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you on avoid post-apocalyptia because it's been done to death. I won't turn it down if it comes along. However, if it can be avoided, please do Blue Point. Yeah. And like, I don't know, that's why I, like, I usually don't get too much into the this is what I want to see because ultimately it's just give me something that's good and then I'll debate if I want to play it or not. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, like, I, that's ultimately because I have, really have no idea, like based on like their body of work, I have no idea which route they would go. Um, but yeah, if they can do something like that, I mean, it'd be interesting if they decided to do like a, uh, a Japanese style, a game, like kind of like, like almost like Souls-esque or even in the vein of like Shadows of Colossus and, uh, and those style of games. Um, so we'll see if like they kind of take what they learned from those roots and implement that into their new game. But uh, who knows? Especially since people seem to say like uh, Sony's gotten away from that. Um, this could be their studio that could then give us at least that that feel from those games that we might not be getting as often their, as we used to. Their newly acquired Texas-based studio making Japanese style games. Yeah, it's like we got that North American Japanese influence game. <laughs> and guess Sucker Punch did go Sushima, so yeah. Blue Point can definitely do something like whatever the hell people want to see. Mm -hmm. I mean, they could even... Uh, I wonder if like they would even consider like remaking was it the bird dog game? <laughs> Trico. Because I know a lot of people and had their the last guardian. Yeah, a lot of people had their complaints about um, you know, the mechanics of that game, especially the AI when it came to Trico. And so uh maybe another stab at that down the line might be a good move to, you know, in that in that series on the right foot. <laughs> maybe they could remake that PS3 Iron Man game into something playable. Yeah. <laughs> that would be that would be the other license. <laughs> <Sony takes> <laughs> oh my god! If they make 
if they come around and make just the first great Iron Man game, pff, it's <laughs> over. <laughs> different suits of armor for different situations. Get the nano suit, adjusting your equipment on the fly. Mm, yeah, that should be high. Um, all right, let's get into the the next topic of the week. Uh, topic of the week. All right, um, so this is a follow-up, I guess, on your story with Monster Hunter Rise. This is coming by way of Capcom. Um, so, you know, this is from gamesindustry.biz, but then they're just quoting a Bloomberg article. So according to a Bloomberg <laughs> reporter, Capcom president and CEO, uh, you know, we just say his last name, Sujimoto, told the outlet at the Tokyo Game Show that it wants, to, it wants the PC to eventually become its primary platform. What? Although, although, also the publisher wants to have sales from PC games equal to that of home consoles within two years. Damn, so they really, they want to go all out with this PC thing. Um, while it's not unheard of for Capcom's PC releases to trail their console counterparts, the company has increasingly supported simultaneous launches in recent years of games like Resident Evil Village, Street Fighter V Champion Edition, and Devil May Cry V. Um, I know, and then... Um, you had said Tokyo Game Show. This was alongside that story. They announced that Monster Hunter Rise was going to PC, um, or at least to Steam. And so, yeah, this is this shows an effort. Maybe they see something here. Um, I'm not sure what that would mean by their primary console, um, because they've just had such a storied history with their with their console counterparts uh, releasing their games there. Uh, but yeah, this focus on PC. Maybe they just they just see that it's just. A greater audience and why not focus on you know considering that audience first and you know and then you'll have the report the the ports to the consoles i mean how, how do you feel about this story and uh, maybe they see the potential in steam deck and they're trying to put all their pieces on the board to be in position for that uh, it's you know it's a logical maneuver they've served the console space very well uh, PC gaming is huge, so it would be foolish to neglect that market segment, and this is a good move. They're at a point where their games are extremely popular, so it would be an even better move to get those in front of as many people as possible. You think this is a a greater, like, this is a sign of where the industry is going? Not saying getting away from consoles, but I know um, there's been some criticism, but Sony has been putting out more ports of their exclusives um, on console. I mean, on, uh, on, on PC. PC. Um, so do, do you see, do you think that's like uh, a direction the industry is headed in? Or is this just like, we're leaving money on the table type of situation? <laughs> I think it's a we're leaving money on the table type of situation. And it might also it might also be a ploy to boost sales of digital. Mm -hmm. That way, when the numbers come out monthly, it, it'll look even more and more like digital has just completely overtaken physical, which will give them justification to start to move away from optical media. But that's more of a conspiracy theory corner kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you got to call things like you see them, though. I mean, they wouldn't be doing it for just the simple reason of making more money at, you know, underneath everything is a forecast or a prediction of what the future of the industry is going to look like. And these companies are constantly placing their bets on what the shape of that future is going to be. So it's looking like PC is becoming a dominant path for that money making scheme. So, yeah, I mean, you got, 
Xbox with Game Pass on PC, and you're gonna have Xbox putting out their their Game Pass streaming sticks, which I imagine can go in televisions as well as in computers and things like that. Uh, you got you got Epic with their launcher, all these various launchers that are competing with Steam. You got CD Projekt Red with their GOG store. Um, competing with Valve and Steam as well. Steam putting out the Steam Deck, kind of nudging their way into Nintendo's market with the handheld console that converts to a home console. Uh, you got Sony putting their exclusives on PC. So the, the, the chips are stacking up on a particular number on the roulette wheel. So somebody feels confident about what's going to happen in the coming years and it'll be interesting to see how that all shakes out <laughs> yes um all right let's get into the next topic of the week top topic of the week what you got it uh there get to the big one <laughs> <laughs> we got the ps plus games for october 2021 yes, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so these games will be available on october October 5th, let's lead off the list. PGA Tour 2K21. Yes. Get your golf on. I know golf hasn't hasn't really been in the spotlight since Tiger Woods had his accident, and he's he's recovering well. He's feeling optimistic. He's just blazing through that physical therapy. So, yeah, get better. Tiger, bring the sport back to the forefront. We need that that spectacle. Next game, Mortal Kombat 10. (laughs) So this one is a little controversial, according to the people remarking about the PS Plus selections of this month. Uh, Apparently, you get Mortal Kombat XL as part of the PS Plus collection. And so for PS Plus, they're giving away the base game. And you can upgrade it for the. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh man! And the last game, the biggest game, Hell Let Loose. <laughs> so, I'll, I don't know if I've ever heard of this game. AMC seems to know a little bit about it, according to IGN. Aaron Bankers, oh Adam Bankers, sorry, forgot. You're not Bank me. Head. Bankhead, Banksy. <laughs> Hell Let Loose is a World War II inspired multiplayer game that was first released on PC in July 2021 after being in early access since 2019. This PS5 title includes 100 player battles with a unique resource based real time strategy inspired metagame. And that's the most interesting thing that I've read about this, which just might get me interested. Uh, where commanders direct the flow of battle and coordinate. Powerful in-game abilities that influence the team's march to victory. Very interesting. Maybe I'll, I'll check out some video. I mean, I, I highly doubt I'm going to get this. I mean, is, is it first person? It yeah, just says, I think it's nah, first person. Yeah, fuck all that. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to be in on that. So, yeah, I mean, pretty interesting. I mean, you can get your taste of Mortal Kombat if you don't have a PS5 and can't get the Mortal Kombat XL. Uh, if you just want to get Mortal Kombat 10 anyway to feel like you got your money's worth out of your PS Plus this year, uh, you can get your golf on and you can get involved in that hell that moves. AMC, how do you feel about this smorgasbord of content? Uh, I mean, 
I would say, like from for me personally, I would say it's a it's a kind of a down month. How about loose? The only reason why this game um, has my interest one is you know it's one of those big deathmatch style games, fifty on fifty, I believe it's like hundred players. Um, they do have different roles, which is also a little interesting. So it's not like you know everybody's just a, out there as a gunner unless you choose <laughs> that's what you want to do. But mm-hmm. um, you have different roles, so you can impact the battle in different ways. There's all these different systems in there that I was reading along the lines too. Um, but then, uh, you know, really what caught it was, it was actually through a podcast. I listened to a uh, hardcore history of Dan Carlin and, um, okay. he randomly, he randomly just like, he, he'll like, so the gist, if you haven't heard of hardcore histories, it's just a podcast where he'll pick a topic and he does like a deep dive, like episodes are like five to six hours long. And Gosh, was, um, yeah, like, and they come out like every couple of months because because of all the research he puts into like whatever the topic is and so randomly like on his side podcast which is hardcore history i think addendum he just he was interviewing a, a game developer he's like all right like that's cool this is different and um it was actually the developer of hell let loose one of the devs on for that game and um they were getting into like the history and like um kind of like where there was taking place i believe they said it was like it's obviously world war ii but i think it's um from like a Russia Germany perspective, so at least a little different from what we've been, what we typically get, because we always get the pretty much the American perspective of World War Two, yeah. um, and um, a certain battle that took place, which um, I I've already forgotten at this point. So there's a lot of his, uh, a lot of I guess historical backing that they took into account when it came to making this game, uh, and so with that, because of the um, the developers, I guess passion for history uh, that that definitely intrigued me a little more with this game and uh, seeing some of the gameplay actually didn't look so bad uh, and i know it's been on pc so maybe they've fine-tuned it by the time they got it to console so at this point they can just come out the gates running and why not release it on on ps plus this is a smart move on their part and that you have an audience that's all going to get this game and clearly based on the description of the game you want a game where you need a ton of people online at any given time in order to fill out these battlefields um and so the more people the better so why not get it out as you know in quotes free game because you you are paying for ps plus mm-hmm. um but yeah why not get it out there get in a get a community behind it on console and after that month's over people hear about the game if it's good uh, we've seen the success of fall guys we've, we've seen the success of rocket league um and we're always waiting for that next game um wasn't quite destruction all-stars but m- maybe hell let loose will you know get that get that ps plus boost boost so uh yeah i think it's a, it's a good move on their part and we'll see i mean this game i feel like this is the game that will save <laughs> uh this month's ps plus um as and you know in opposition to what's it the golf game and uh mortal kombat x um if anything i i believe mortal kombat 11 is the big seller right now so it's um i don't know if a lot of people are still interested in x at this point but who knows uh that's all yeah that's all i got how about yourself on this on this lineup of games that's all i got on it no that's not all i got on it i mean basically (laughs) it's eh, nothing for me but i'm not upset about it because there's always another month i always have the games that i already own i always have the games that are coming out but there are some people who don't have this outlet yeah there's some people who feel slighted some people who feel let down yeah some people feel disappointed. Yeah. Some people feel angry. 
<laughs> we got trouble of the week. 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 Week, 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 week. Uh, these trolls coming sideways at the PS Plus October 2021 offerings. First troll says, nobody bought any of this stuff at the yard sale. So here it is bagged up at the curb. Well, didn't uh, you said uh, Hell Let Loose? That one's like a console debut, right? <laughs> That's what it seems like. Uh, <laughs> apparently, Sony has been edging closer and closer to providing us with some day one releases. Uh, people were complaining about how Game Pass is giving us day one games. And now Sony's trying to get in the mix, so you know, yeah. baby steps. Let's let's wait until the the generation really gets cracking and see who's offering what. Next show says, fire Jim Ryan. <laughs> Do you think he decided, he decided on this line? <laughs> yeah. All about unilaterally. <laughs> he, he brokered the deal. Like, he could have got any games, but he was sitting there like, come on, can we get hell let loose? <laughs> Next show says, I'll take it. Better than games with bronze. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I, I've said it in the past. If you look at some of those games of gold lineup, uh, Sony just shits on them. And, yeah. and Sony is constantly uh, berated for their lineup. Yeah. <laughs> People just don't even look at what uh, Xbox has to offer with games. Yeah, of gold. unless it's a good month. <laughs> like, it's not even noteworthy. Next troll just uses an emoji. <laughs> it's a thumbs down. Uh, not even the poofy one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the straight Rick changed it. <laughs> I give them titties full thumbs back. <laughs> <laughs> Next show says another month, another garbage PS Plus lineup. Haven't switched my PS5 on in months. Meanwhile, I'm getting Scarlet Nexus free on Game Pass. Sony change strategy is trash. Bought a PS5 <laughs> because of I'm guessing the games that were going to be ordered at some point. Complaining. Because those games aren't on it yet, <laughs> you could have just waited. You, you know what I love about out. that comment too is that uh, you have all these people who are constantly complaining that you know scalpers are buying up all the PlayStation fives and they're just sitting in a in a garage. Yeah, <laughs> and then what? Meanwhile, you have gamers who are like, "I bought it. I don't even play it." <laughs> Gathering dust. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's somebody else who would love to have that. Then. Exactly. Like if if it's that big of a deal, sell it. So, yeah. And also, like, I'm getting Scarlet Nexus free on Game Pass. You know, Scarlet Nexus has been out for a while. So <laughs> if you really wanted to play that game, you could have by now. In fact, while I'm looking at Trolls, I'm just going to go to the PlayStation Store and see how much Scarlet Nexus is. But let's go to the next troll, which is saying, abysmally pathetic and embarrassing. <laughs> oh, next troll says, wow, confirmed trash. <laughs> Confirmed trash. That's a new one. Confirmed trash. And the last troll says, worst month ever. <laughs> is, is it really, is it worse than that month when they changed up the lineup <laughs> after people complained? <laughs> that was the uh, the Pez month where they put out Pro Evolution Soccer. Yes. And people, like, people got so mad that they ended up, I think, swapping out Pez for another game. And they got mad. <laughs> yeah. Now Pez doesn't even exist now, like football club or something like that. <laughs> So so Scar Scarlet Nexus, PS4 and PS5 bundle 
marked down $35. Yeah. Yeah, but it's free on Game Pass now. Uh, uh, <laughs> Multi platform game. <laughs> game nobody cared about. <laughs> suddenly, uh, suddenly that's, that's the game. Yeah, getting it on Game Pass. I mean, I'm waiting for Scarlet Nexus. <laughs> But hey, good for Scarlet Nexus. Now a bunch of people will actually play it instead of pretending like it doesn't exist. So that's good. Great job, Game Pass. <laughs> uh, I really don't have much to say to these trolls. It's like, it's PS Plus, man. Every Somebody pointed it out eloquently within the article detailing the PS Plus games. It's like, you guys show up every month just to complain about the games you've been doing this for years it's at this point what what really is the point do you even want the free games because if you really cared about them you think that you'd show up when they have good games and just ignore them when they don't have good games but instead you keep showing up whenever they have bad games it's like it's like this internet competition this posturing is trying to slam dunk on sony games suck. Ugh. yeah and, uh, Yard sale trash at the curb. Uh, bargain bin bucks. <laughs> oh man. And then like when you do get a game that is good, oh I already have it. Uh I already played it. Oh, I just bought it on sale. So like it's damned if you do, damn if you don't. They're either getting you giving you a game that you want that you probably already spent money on, or they're giving you a game that you didn't play or didn't want to play. And you're complaining because oh, I didn't want this. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. But yeah, that's all I got to say. AMC, anything to add before we move to the next topic of the week? Uh, no, nothing. Let's move on to that next topic of the week. Top topic of the week. Well, if you are excited for in-person Evo, be prepared to be upset because it has been canceled. A dub canceled. 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 Uh, this coming by way of Game Informer, the people who tell you not to buy games at full price. Complications. Mm. <laughs> complications due to the COVID nineteen pandemic and Delta variant of the virus have caused the cancellation of another gaming event. This time, it was the culmination of this year's on online. Evo Championship Series, uh, commonly known as Evo, which has uh, been set as an in-person event in November. The cancellation announcement came, by the way, of the Evo website and on Twitter. Um, as mentioned, this is the in-person Evo. Evo Online did take place back in August. How dare you not know that if you didn't already? You could have watched all the gameplay that you wanted, just not in person. Um, yeah, so makes sense. The way things are going, people aren't getting vaccinated. Vaccinations aren't aren't necessarily holding up. <laughs> now people need boosters. Yeah. So um, we, we, and then we yeah. got another variant rolling around. We're yeah. going to need another booster for. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I get it. It's it's a, it's it's a little upsetting because there is something to that in person atmosphere. It's undeniable. Like just seeing your boy Sonic Fox with 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 the with the hat on with the tail on. And, and, and dudes talking shit to him in person um and just you know there's there's the good and the bad with the in person but i love seeing the reaction i believe there was like that one guy who beat i believe sonic fox in i think it was dragon ball 
uh, fighter uh, Z, and he like just immediately started bawling. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's uh, uh, when you when you climb that mountain. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, there's uh, there's I don't know. It's um, it's it's upsetting, but at the same time, it makes total sense. Uh, I I mean, do you have anything to comment here on another cancellation of an in person event? Right, like you said, if people want to enjoy the privileges of being in a safe, responsible society, you got to be safe and responsible. Go get the fucking vaccine. We're <laughs> getting boosters. They're coming out with a pill. <laughs> well, it's, it's, and, and I get it. It's, I guess the other aspect that makes this tougher is the, the demo of Evo, which is, you know, um, I believe they may have just passed for like younger a younger audience to start getting vaccinated and that might be a part of the like what's contributing to this i know in uh in california they're like if you go to school now <laughs> you gotta get vaccinated so it seems i'm like- so happy about that like that's these those are the kind of measures that we should have had in place the moment the vaccines became available it's like if you want to you want to come back to work if you want to go to school if you want to go to the store get the shot yeah um and so yeah uh it, it does make a little more sense like this isn't like a bunch of grown-ass adults who should already be vaccinated it's a it's a it's an audience that is kind of getting introduced to the vaccine uh rollout and so it does make sense at least until next year um i'd imagine this might this might be back in place once you can once you have a bunch of teenagers that could produce a, a vaccination card um because there's you imagine, especially with a uh, Sony, I believe Sony bought Evo. So this is all yeah. under their umbrella at this point. There's a lot of, uh, you know, a li- liability issues that come into place, especially with such a young audience. If you have this become like a super spreader event with a bunch of teenagers. And so you want to make sure, you know, all your P's and Q's are like lined up. And um, with this, why not cancel it for one more year? let this younger group get vaccinated and then maybe you consider holding an, an in-person event. You know, take measured steps. <laughs> it's good uh, stuff. You keep it moving. You got any other stories, Ada? We got our next topic of the week. Top, Ta- topic, topic of, of the, the week. So for people who were heartbroken about the bond breaking between Konami and Kojima, for people who are upset that Kojima wasn't going to be able to work on story franchises such as Silent Hill and Metal Gear Solid. For people who are under the impression that Konami was out of the game, they washed their hands of it. They just want the money, take the paper and run. Konami's got something for that ass. They're inviting indie developers to make new games based on some of their classic series. So this is coming by way of Konami's action and shooting game contest. They're asking independent developers to plan and develop new action games and shooters based on some of their past titles. There are a bunch of rules for this that we're not going to bore you with because you're probably not a developer anyway and it doesn't apply to you. All you need to know is that the winner of this contest is not only going to win 2 million yen, which is like (laughs) (laughs) $18,000. but they're also going to get an investment of 30 million yen, which is like (laughs) $270,000 to develop a game. 
of a Konami classic franchise. They're also going to get supervision, production advice, and support regarding localization, promotion, and development equipment from Konami themselves. So there you go. And this might mean the perhaps the revival or the reimagining of some of Konami's storied franchises. I know they have what Castlevania, Simon Hill. Do they have Zone of the Enders? I think too. Metal Gear. They got Contra, so, I believe. They got Contra. So there's a lot on the table with Konami's stable of products. And like I said earlier, it's it was long believed that Konami and all their franchises were just off the table. Uh, Konami had shown signs of life. They put out Metal Gear Survive, which looked like they just let some studio do whatever they wanted with the assets from Metal Gear Solid Five, and just put out something to keep making money off that Fox engine, keep making money off that franchise name. Uh, they also put out this other game. It looks like just a moving painting, and it's a... Apparently, it's a very competent action game. I forget what it's called, but you can look that up on your own time because you're very resourceful and you're very intelligent. That's the only kind of audience that we cultivate here to control issues. And yeah, man. So they've shown signs of life. This by far being the strongest thump of the pulse that I've seen so far. And hopefully this will result in Konami forging some strong bonds with one or more independent developers. You know, indie developers being the the melting pot of originality and innovation in gaming whereas triple a stuff more safe less less risk you know less risky so looking forward to this amc how do you feel about konami trying to revive some of their franchises in this manner uh one very interesting i like it um hopefully it's not exploitive i like that it's uh like fuck it like they've been maybe it's a sign they've been out of the space for so long that it's it's hard to you know just jump right back in and figure out where to develop those relationships and why not start from you know very grassroots with it and that's where this contest comes into play and i, I think that's a that's a good um it's almost like a humble way to 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 do it like let's just find the next star developer like some dude who just has a passion one not only for konami but then has the talent to then produce something that is Konami inspired. And that's exactly the way to, the way to go about this rather than just, you know, finding some, some mercenary who's like, yeah, fuck it. I'll, I'll make a country. I'll make a Castlevania game. I, I never mm -hmm. played it, but I can make games, I guess, whatever. Um, yeah. You want somebody who's going to, you know, know the, uh, the form. And so, yeah, I like this, this route that they're going uh, to, I hope um, this is a sign that, you know, that they're really, taking things serious as far as gaming um you know with the with the way things have lined up especially with um, the pandemic and you know the, the big joke with konami is they gave up games for pachinko machines and things along those lines and mm -hmm. if you know one thing about it, at least with those is those are very public things um like basically slot machines in a sense and so when you're in a pandemic in a lockdown people can't get to those pachinko machines uh the way that they used to be able to and so this might be them realizing we need to diversify a little bit more. Gaming is a home base, um, a home, a home base product, and so it's something that is pandemic proof. And so maybe it's another way to pivot back in the right direction 
as a way of um, you know surviving. Uh, so there is some incentive, at least for them to get back into this space, and they just needed a way to get outside of it. And you know, going back to this contest and going to this, uh, having um, you know a bunch of indie developers come in and you know um, produce these games and to pick one of the best. Maybe this is like a way of them trying to find like the next. You know, these are these are big shoes to fill, but find the next Kojima, like just some dude who's just very hungry and is willing to do anything to get his foot in the door. Um, and so, yeah, there's there's a lot of things that I like about this on potential, I will say. How about yourself? I'm excited, especially based on their criteria for judgment, which states that the game should radiate passion for the chosen genre and title as well as convey a sense of innovation in the character of its creator. Uh, they also note the content is judged to be feasible for development by the applicant or development team, including said applicant. So yeah, they seem serious. They, they don't just want somebody to come in and just take something that exists and make another one. They clearly want something that's, that's new that has that passion in it, that has, that has like innovative ideas. I'm hoping that we see something other than, you know, the traditional genres and gameplay styles. Maybe somebody thinks outside the box or if somebody made a tactical turn-based Castlevania or something like that, <laughs> that would be crazy. Uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to whatever is going to come out of this. The entry period runs from the end of September to January 6th. That's an odd choice of a date. So, <laughs> so we'll see what happens. I'm very excited for it. This is a this is a great opportunity for an independent developer to emerge from the shadows and shine. It's also an outstanding opportunity for one of those developers who's loved Konami franchises, has been inspired by them to not only be able to make a game that's you know, similar in tone and style to what Konami has offered in the past, but to actually get their hands on a Konami franchise. So that that's one of the cooler things to me is this could make some independent developers dream come true in more ways than one. All right. Um, you know, that was pretty much my last story. Um, I was going to touch on the Activision thing, but I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> they like they had a settlement and uh, you know whatever yeah um, it was like 18 million dollars the, yeah. the employees are like it's not enough money <laughs> yeah and it's like I, I believe it's like one of like a, a like a couple of lawsuits and so like it's, it's like it's still not over anyway so yeah um i mean do you have any do you have any other stories uh i mean Overwatch 2, we're starting to get some info about that. They're showing off Bastion and Sombra gameplay and giving us some details. People are saying it plays too much like Call of Duty. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's gone in the wrong direction. Uh, here we go. Here we go. So uh, there's, there's a lot of little things happening. Things are bubbling and brewing. Uh, another quick hit, the voice actor Christopher Judge for God of War Ragnarok playing Kratos. He emerged to let people know that the game was delayed because of him. He had to get some <laughs> he had to get some surgery. So, you know, glad that went well. Glad he's okay. My man Teal from Stargate SG1. I think he he was the Mantis too, wasn't he? I think so. <laughs> so yeah, he's storied and you gotta protect him like the treasure that he is. <laughs> let that man take his time. Y'all could 
fuck off for all I care. <laughs> you put some respect on his name. AMC, you got anything else? Nah, that's all I got, A-Dub. You got any final words before we get out of here? Oh, it's hot. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> Just want to cut this AC on. Uh-huh, yeah. Get back to watch a squid game. Get, your, get that squid game on. Get that pizza in the oven. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I just have a pizza on the coffee table, laying down on the couch, watching a squid game. game. Yeah. Got my got my ground red pepper that I bought from Trader Joe's. Might go for a walk and get some fruit. I bought a new bowl. Can't wait for that to ship. Mm. Yeah, get my grown man on. Money's mm. tight though. <laughs> 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 Gotta stop spending money. Gotta stop going out for a bit. Hell yeah. Uh, it's rough, but at the end of the day, I still have video games. I still have the video game community. I still have the gaming industry, and I still have the AMC. I still have control issues, and I still have all of our faithful listeners right there every week supporting us with their love indeed well thanks for listening to control issues i am the amc this is aw we are control issues thanks for playing Oh!